0: My name is Chris Plank, and the Thursday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast is now known as the tailgate. We will get you ready for everything coming up in the weekend that will be in college football, because this is the final week before we start the countdown to the kickoff of the college football season. So here's how the Sooner Sports Podcast will shape up next week. On Mondays, we will, of course, have the refresher. That's a look back on the weekend that was in Sooner Athletics. The refresher is basically an opportunity to get you caught up on everything that just took place in the world of Sooner Athletics. Because if there is one thing we know for sure, time is tough, you know, as far as making that extra time you need to live on the internet. So I've got your back. Every single Monday, we'll look back on the entire weekend that was for OU Athletics, and we'll recap everything with a refresher on Monday mornings. As a matter of fact, we tape it late on Sunday night, so it'll be waiting for you For those who subscribe or those who follow along on SoundCloud, it'll be waiting Monday morning. On Tuesday, we welcome in The Voice as Toby Rowland will join us for the game plan. That is a look back on the game that was and a look ahead on the week ahead. We'll also recap the Bob Stoops press conference every single Tuesday. And then our regular Thursday edition continues right here with yours truly. And we'll start to really dive in and dig in deep into the college football season. So, Final, I guess you could say, standalone edition. As school has started, a little bit harder to ride your bike, I guess, into work every single day. But we appreciate you downloading. As always, make sure you follow along on Twitter. That's at OU on the air and at Sooner Sports TV. And if you do indeed subscribe on iTunes, we're continuing to work through the issues where those subscribers can automatically get the feed. Make sure to leave a rating and a comment. All right, let's get into the news of the week with our regular edition of Boomer Bites. It was a good start for the soccer team. Matt Potter's team went 1-0-1, so they are undefeated so far to start the season. The Sooners pushed to a 1-1 tie on Friday night and then beat Loyola Marymount on Sunday. 4-1, the Sooners actually fell behind in that game, one zip. And they reeled off four unanswered goals. Matt Potter's team is back in action this weekend with two home games. They play Oklahoma State in the first Bedlam game on Friday night at 7. And then on Sunday, it's Utah Valley. How about this for soccer? That will be their final home match until September 23rd when they return for a showdown with TCU. So the team will now play 6 matches on the road before returning home though they do play two games in Tulsa on the weekend of September 9th they play the Golden Hurricane on Friday night and then they play a Sunday afternoon tilt with Memphis as part of the Tulsa Classic but Matt Potter's team in action Friday night against Oklahoma State in Bedlam make sure you get out and enjoy some Sooner soccer Sooner volleyball boy what a season they could potentially have with a solid group of returning stars OU volleyball missed the postseason they had made six straight NCAA tournaments prior to their 12 and 16 mark last season Santiago Restrepo's crew will open things up at home as Oklahoma will have the Oklahoma Invitational which begins tomorrow night Friday night at seven o'clock against ORU and then it's UTEP and UMKC in a double dip on Saturday the Sooners will take on the Miners at noon and then it's the Ruse Saturday night at seven o'clock so Already action underway before we even kick off the college football season. And speaking of kicking off the college football season, big news this week is Oklahoma has named its captains. And it should surprise nobody the four names Baker Mayfield, returning starting quarterbacks, Amajay P. Ryan, who was on the verge of breaking the all time rushing record in Sooner football history. Ahmed Thomas, starting safety, and this guy Jordan Evans, the senior linebacker, who much like his father, will get an opportunity to be a captain.
1: That means a lot. Um, not gonna lie to you, when they named it, I kind of gave a little smile up there, but uh, just means a lot because you know the, the team voted for me, uh, so I respect and you know appreciate them voting for me. It Means a lot, you know, when the guys can trust me to do it. I believe I can do it and there's a little more to it as well you know my dad went here and he was actually a two-year captain here and um i guess i kind of did follow his footsteps getting the captain as well so it means a lot and i'm thankful that they you know that they voted for me that and it's just a blessing
0: of course uh, jordan evans did have a conversation with his dad and it was almost as if jordan had to break the news that he was the captain
1: because i was kind of he he told me to call him so i'm thinking he probably knew so i called him and he was just really talking about other stuff and 'Cause I have a cousin that goes to Arkansas, she's got put on a scholarship, so we were talking about that and stuff like that and then uh I told him I was like hey I won captain And he was like, Oh great, congratulations, you know, yada yada And he was like, Just so you know I was the two year captain so I got you beat on that <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was that was the conversation but
0: so Jordan Evans will never be able to top his dad as a senior captain, but obviously he's a guy that's feeling really good about the way things have gone so far in camp. As we count down to the opening kickoff between Oklahoma and Houston, that'll be next Saturday at 11 a.m., and we'll get you ready with the refresher on Monday, the game plan with Toby on Tuesday. By the way, another guy who's had a really good camp is Mark Andrews. Uh, you know, I think
1: we're playing well. Um, I think as a you know whole, we pretty much you know know the offense and. Um, right now, it's just start playing fast and um, you know doing all the little things.
0: Obviously, one of the heartbreaking things from last week was the injury to Rodney Anderson, a player who had had a very solid camp so far was hurt. He will miss the entire 2016 season. It's a it's a difficult, I guess, jolt for a guy who's had one whale of a camp.
1: Makes you sick to your stomach. I mean, that's 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 the that's the emotion I had when they told me, just flat out sick to my stomach. He's. Done everything right, and, and uh,
2: you hate it for the you hate it for any kid, but especially a guy like that that's worked his tail off, and you know he's already
1: had a you know a couple of just tough, almost freak type deals. And uh, but the confidence you have in a kid like that is you know they, he'll bounce back just like he did from this last one, and he'll be ready to
0: go at this time next year. So that was Lincoln Riley as we lose Rodney Anderson for the 2016 season to a neck injury. But the good news is that. He'll be ready for 2017. So that's a look at Boomer Bites. What do you say we welcome in our special guest? Um, So Mike Halk is our special guest this week on the podcast. No pressure, next week's joke is to So you're the opening act. No pressure. No pressure at all. Do you remember the first game we ever did together? Oh, boy, do I. How (laughs) could I forget? Gonzaga. My longest
2: regulation game ever.
0: Gonzaga, New Year's Eve, man. Shattered backboard. And... I was it was, in, it was the first game that they ever called upon me to do, and my boss had thrown a fit because I guess during the football season, they'd had a delay, like a lightning delay, and the broadcasters just threw it back to the station and played Boomer Sooner. So I was afraid. I was like, oh my gosh, here's my worst case scenario. This backboard shattered. My boss was mad when they threw it. And I felt like I had to fill the whole time. And we did. We did it. What was it? About 45? It was upwards of 45 minutes. Yeah. And it was New Year's Eve, too. No commercial breaks. No commercial breaks. I was afraid to take a commercial break, to be honest with you. But uh, you were pro, man. Was it hard to say goodbye to basketball last year? Uh, yeah,
2: sure. I mean, after spending 20 years with that program, um, you know, 11 years with Kelvin Sampson, five with. Jeff Capel, and then um, you know the first four years of Lon Kruger's tenure. Got to become really close with all three of those coaches and, of course, all the players along the way and the assistant coaches and the support staff. Um, really missed the radio early on last season. It was really mm-hmm. strange for me. Um, after being at every game home and away for 20 years with that <laughs> men's basketball program, <laughs> I, r- I still remember the opener against Memphis last season. Uh, the road game, and I was standing in the Everest Indoor Center at uh, football practice watching <laughs> on my phone, my iPhone.
0: <laughs> and uh, it was just, it was yeah, it was very strange not being there. It was kind of unique. Uh, I'll, I'll parallel you and I because you took on new responsibilities. I took on a new job, and we both started at about the same time last year. Mm-hmm. And for how many years did you doing basketball? 17 years, did you say? 20. 20 years. Okay, yeah. I had done an afternoon show for 19 years. So every day at 2 o'clock, I would panic. I'm like, oh, no, I've got to be somewhere. Was it like that for you every time you get close to tip-off for a basketball game, or were you so busy with football? No,
2: that's the thing. I mean, I missed basketball early on, mm-hmm. early during the hoop season last year, but I didn't have time to miss it for very long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the football – the pretty, football, It's pretty time-consuming, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, the responsibilities that go along with football. And, and trust me, I stayed plenty, plenty busy with hoops. But right. um It's just um, on another level with with football and the number of requests that you receive and, um, you know, a lot more players and coaches to keep track of and
0: and form relationships with. And, um, yeah, I I didn't have time to miss it that much. What was was the adjustment like for you? Was it – did it take time or was it smooth and how much more – I'm adding about 12 questions here in one, Mike, but – was it uh th- how much better do you feel now than you did maybe last year well last year i mean i won't lie it was a whirlwind because i
2: wasn't promoted until i think it was it was a week or two before big 12 media day oh that's right that's right and so um and r- right after i got word um that i got the the position um i headed to wisconsin for a va- family vacation oh. and so i'm back there uh emailing everyone back who had reached out to me congratulating me. And, you know, so I had all those emails coming to me. I wasn't able to enjoy vacation. But then the other thing is, I felt like every media person in this market and beyond was waiting for someone to be named. And so as soon as someone was named, boom, bang, here come all the requests. <laughs> and so it was just um, a big time flood of uh, emails and phone calls. And uh, it was not an enjoyable vacation, even though I did get to hang out with the fam a little bit, parents and brothers. But um, So, and then, yeah, just from there right into Big 12 Media Day and then the season. And so um had a lot of questions. I uh, leaned on Carl Anderson quite a bit last year, who's uh, my right-hand man, our secondary football contact, who's been in that position for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a great resource. And obviously I know a ton football. It's not like you're football. new on right. campus yeah. or anything, I mean, right? I've known Coach Stoops, um, since he the day he was hired, and um, Kenny Mossman, um, who sat in my chair, you know, before me, um, has been great, um, providing assistance as well and, and direction. So, um, but last year was was a blur. Um, <laughs> it was fun, uh, great, great team to break in with, making it all the way to the college football playoff, and um, I I couldn't have been blessed with a better group of. Uh, players front line players in terms of dealing with the media than i had last year you talk about ty darlington and eric striker and and baker mayfield was great um zach sanchez was great yeah i mean mean, charles tapper i mean he was those guys were so good and it was a really good group for me to come in with and be able to lean on those guys take um, us on a daily basis
0: take us through how wild your day is on a game week let's just go because Monday, there's the schedule. There's, there's Monday with the press conference and then Tuesdays. But you guys are – I don't want to say shut out the media because that's an unaware, unfair way to put it. But on Thursday, it's kind of like lockdown, right? Yeah. I mean,
2: by Thursday afternoon, generally speaking, I mean, the hay is pretty much in the barn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's it's like clockwork every week. Busiest day of the week is Monday. Right. Second busiest day of the week is Tuesday third wednesday and and so forth and so by friday like fridays are awesome yeah Fridays, especially especially if it's a road game right that's one thing i found out pretty quickly last year is that i like road games (laughs) 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 um
0: they're the best (laughs) yeah
2: i mean aside from being away from my family um, i like road games because there's so many more responsibilities with home games right um, i mean you talk about credentialing seating charts flip cards game programs arranging media meals, uh, sideline patrol during the game, press box coordination, and then just troubleshooting everything under the sun on game days Um, when you're at home. It's just so much more stress and, like I said, responsibility. So, um, yeah, road games are nice. But, um, yeah, the the deeper you get into the week, the calmer it gets. But um, typical Monday, Tuesday, you know, I'll get in between 8 and 8.30 depending on how late I stayed up the night before working (laughs) from home. (laughs) And we usually get home about eight o'clock hour. Um, We'll have a couple more hours of of work in front of the laptop that night, because it's very difficult to get things I need to get done for me during the day, like those couple hours before bed or when I'm able to catch up. They're great. And then it's just, um, same routine the next day. So
0: do you get in trouble for being on your phone too much when you're at home? Um, I Sometimes, do all the time.
2: Yeah. More so when um out to eat or <laughs> at the in laws. And they you know, my wife thinks that, you know, I'm not I don't care what's going on. Right. Um you know, with what's what's happening in our personal lives, but um I do, it's just I I'm on call and you have to be like aware a doctor almost. Yeah. You have <laughs> to be aware of what's being said social media wise. Um I do get a lot of after hours requests for um information and, and a lot of different things so um
0: it's yeah it's not easy it's and and it was funny because we were talking technology because i used to work whenever i was in college i worked in sports information and this was early 90s ni- let's not give a year so i don't give away my but it was early 90s and usually after games it was one person would sit in front of a fax machine and fax to all the stations and maybe call in some final scores uh much different world now i think and also you know i say it's like a doctor but you can be on call nonstop because of technology and where it is now with social media with you know and, and again it's not something that we necessarily deal with here because you got good kids but someone can say something on social media and the nece- next thing you know it's two in the morning and i don't know the guy of the Dallas morning news mike Hock, what are you going to what, what do you guys have to say about what so and so just posted i mean you're legit on call nonstop
2: well i mean that's true and I don't just I mean I work with the football program right. but I oversee our department for all sports when you're talking more than 600 student athletes oh, and wow. you know probably close to 100 head and assistant coaches I mean things can go wrong and so <laughs> yeah but even when when thing it could be something positive too and you're Great on point. call for yep. that too so um there might be some positive breaking news and you've got to get the word out so um it it's something that um you just kind of get used to over the years, and um, my wife's kind of gotten used to it as well.
0: Yeah, someday um, someday, hopefully my wife will uh, subscribe to it, but I'm not nearly as busy as you are. In fact, it was funny because I was sitting over in my office like, oh, I'll just go over there early, and you're busy and you're doing things, and I'm here like 30 minutes early because I legit thought, yeah, I'll just come over here. And the thing I want to point out in that, everybody's working. You know, it's not just Mike how working on football, but Tyler right next to us is, is working on uh, women's golf graphics, you know, uh, Carl's probably working on football. Flinnie's getting ready for a volleyball this weekend. Yep. Yeah, Madison was. Where, I mean, you got students out there working. Mike, I think that's one, one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on is I like to see the broad vision of things. You know, I think that's always something that you know Joe C has challenged everyone. There's don't pigeonhole yourself. You see it better than anyone. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. The I guess the machine that that that, that is constantly churning here, even during the off season for you guys. It's um. It it is a machine, and I'd
2: like to think that um, it's getting to be more um, well oiled all the time. Right, but that is a process. And the thing about you know, with with me with football, um, you know, I I have a lot of assistance. It's kind of all hands on deck with football in terms of our office and a lot of different departments for that matter as well. But for every other sport, pretty much whoever the sport contact is it's I mean you're a one-man band except on you know at events and so um, um, there's a lot of stress involved and you got you know the number of requests that you have so many things you have to deal with on game days to prepare for those events um, post-game I mean it's just hard it's hard for me to sit here and, and try to outline everything that goes into our jobs but um it is a very high stress environment it, it can be very rewarding and well, very absolutely. fun and we have you know great seats at the actual events <laughs> and people people will say you know um wow i wish i had your job and right. then the next sentence they might turn around and say what do you do exactly <laughs> what all do you do and so they people
0: are fully unaware of everything that goes into yeah. game day is such a unique experience for you. And, uh, uh, again, people see the cuts. They see the highlights. But what they don't realize is the madness that takes place afterwards because you, um, sometimes you kind of have to tell guys, hey, listen, you need to go talk. Or it's not – again, I'm not trying to paint anyone trying to dodge or anything like that. But, you know, from that perspective, my uh, Bob Stoops is always a guy that, you know, it's not like – he shies away from anything. And I've always kind of respected that and appreciated that. But sometimes you can, uh, you're can you out there herding cattle at the end of the game, aren't you, whenever it comes to making sure everyone understands their responsibilities with the media, don't you? No,
2: th- I mean, in terms of players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, you're right. Fortunately, we won 11 games last year, and it's always easier to um, to uh, convince guys to go into the interview room after right. a victory. Um but um there are some guys who um win or lose will go in and happily talk to the media. Um a lot of guys who don't really care for it at all, especially after a loss. Absolutely. Um, Can't ha- blame them, ha- right? I've had conversations this week with one of our more marquee guys who um I'm aware that he doesn't like to do interviews, but um in a lot of cases, um You know, it's good for him and it's good for our program. So, you know, in those with with players like that, I try to help them out and um, really, you know, figure out what's essential to do and what can we politely pass on. And so I I want them to understand that I have their interests at heart as well. And,
0: um, um, you know, so I try to look out for them in that regard. And with that said, the madness of Division One college football, I mean, especially at a place like Oklahoma, you know, it's more than just, say, when you're a five-star or four-star recruit, too. So there's a lot, a lot more that goes into this. And then you have guy. I, I used Ryan Broyles as an example today. You have a guy that might be a little bit shy by his freshman year, but, Mike, as they do it more, they get better at it, right?
2: Oh, no question. I mean, I remember Drew Samia, the first time we brought him into post-practice interviews last year. Um... He was almost like a deer in headlights, gave mm-hmm. very short answers and just didn't seem very comfortable. And, um, uh, and not that he did a ton of interviews last year, but he's like a seasoned veteran now. He yeah. almost, it seems like he enjoys it. And, um, I'm not saying he does, but it's, it seems that <laughs> way. He was but, great when you
0: brought him out at yeah. Offensive Veil.
2: uh, what, uh, a couple weeks a couple ago. Weeks he's was great. And very insightful answers. Yeah. And, um, Almost like a, a playful type attitude. And so, and that's just a product of doing it a few times and getting more and more comfortable. All
0: right. I know you're busy, so I'll ask one more before I let you run. And it's that typical no one's seen this team more than you in practices and in workouts. Well, around. That, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, outside of the coaches, maybe. Um, but how do you feel about this squad heading into 2016?
2: I, I'm really excited. Um, you know, ESPN was in last week. They're, they're working on an E60 feature on Baker Mayfield, and um, they were at practice on Friday, and they had a camera out there getting pretty close to the action, and I was out there making sure they didn't get too close and <laughs> was uh, standing behind you know, the quarterbacks there making
0: their throws. Uh, Baker Mayfield's incredible. Isn't he? Um, we forget about it, don't we? Because we yeah. want to find all the diamonds in the rough. We forget just how good you got it with a guy like six back yeah. there.
2: and. and as good as he was last year, I think he's gonna be a fair amount better this year. Mm-hmm. And what's gonna be interesting is see the development of the receivers. I feel like they've developed a lot since last year. And there's a lot of guys who have caught my eye here who um, you know, maybe didn't get a lot of playing time, or, or any to this point. Nick Basquin has been impressive to me. Jordan Smallwood has had his moments. Um, geno Lewis, the Penn State transfer, not a had forgotten Fantastic guy. catches um, here of late. Um, those are just three that come to mind. Jarvis Baxter has elevated his game. Seems like he's a much more dependable receiver. Then you got Samaje. Joe Mixon has looked really, really good to me. Yep. In the backfield, um, anxious to see Mark Andrews in an elevated role this year. I think he's going to be a big time weapon and um that's just the offense uh the skill positions on the offense I think the O-line is going to be more impressive than people realize might might take a little bit of time but it did last year too and um (coughs) we've got three starters back this year whereas last year uh, we only had two back and then defense you know that's where everyone seems to be um on the outside seems to be I don't know if worried is the right word but um maybe less comfortable than offensively but just um there were a couple practices early on that I went to where it seemed like the offense was just getting the best of the defense pretty consistently, and I was expecting that at the first scrimmage that I went to, and then the defense won the scrimmage in my eyes. Wow. So I was happy to see that. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a balanced team again, like it was last year, and um, I'm, I'm really excited for uh, for the uh, Houston game to get here. Um, a it's road game, be a tough one, yeah. A road, road game, game. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm excited. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Mike. I appreciate your time, buddy. You got it. All right, thanks for joining us for the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks for Mike Halk for allowing me to invade his office next week. Three times you'll hear the Sooner Sports Podcast Monday, Tuesday, and, of course, the regular episode every single Thursday. Again, appreciate everyone for downloading and taking part in the Sooner Sports Podcast. And until Monday morning, game week, boomer Sooner, everybody.
1: This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.